Good morning, Pyle. Happy Friday. The weekend. Well, but we're on the doorstep of it. It's Friday. Weekend has arrived. Did the Broncos snap the 13-game losing streak of the Chiefs? No. Got some thoughts on that? No. no. Oh, sorry. That was no. was that a rhetorical question? For for you to answer, for anybody to answer, Cake. Jim, along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles, where their service department, oh, service department, is all world. You have been uh, you've raved about their service department. Yeah, because I. I had an issue the other day where my good old Chevy Colorado went to the gas station. Yep. And it couldn't get to start. Uh-oh. I mean, like, the ignition was locked. Ugh. And so we, we got over to, to Bozarth and Tom and the guys there. The, the key it was the original key, and the key wasn't making contact. So I had to put a new Uh-oh. key, and I also lost my fob previously. And they took care of that in one shot the same day. Love that. I got my truck back later that afternoon, early evening. See, if it were me, right, I've done the thing before where I'll try to turn the car off without realizing it's still, like, in drive. Right. And then I'll be like, why can't I turn the car off? And why won't my key work? And then I'll be like, I'm freaking out. And then I look and, oh, it's oh there's, there's a reason why. This is just simply that the key had, it was old and it wore down. And so it wouldn't start it. Wouldn't turn it and turn it at all so that but that's the kind of work they do at bozarth miller chevrolet buick i once broke a key that was worn out really so it was it was uh it was in high school and our theater director doc doc had all the keys to all See, the doc brad uh, was she tyler her, Let's her, go back and save the play. Her full name was uh, Gwendolyn Lucas Doctor, but we oh, all called okay. her Doc. Oh, okay. So her last, her last name was Doctor? Yes. Oh, okay. So if she ever got her PhD, she'd Doctor, be Doctor Doctor. Doctor Doctor. But um, she had keys to, like, you know, the the stage and costume room. and Right. You know. And, of course, us being the theater kids, we would need access to these places. And rather than her following us around, she would just give us her key every now and then. Well, six some odd years of doing that in a row, and she hands me the key to unlock one of the rooms, and I don't know what roid rage, (laughs) Hulk out moment I was going through in that moment, but I stuck the key in the thing, and I turned it, and it like torsioned, and then it broke off. Wow. So the actual like key key... The, the teeth were in the lock and the little handle was in my fingers. I'm not going to mess with you, man. I didn't realize that there was that kind I of... Was, I was not happy and strength. neither was Doc. <laughs> Probably not. Because then oh. she has to go to <laughs> facilities and explain that her key broke. And then she has to kind of not really say that she let her students borrow it because she wasn't really supposed to. And then there's me, who's overly apologetic, and I go, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to I'm break sorry. It was, it was not a good day. It's not, not a, uh, not a W for all, for all, uh, tired Franson. But was there a little bit of they went, damn, look at that, look what I did. After graduation. Yeah, okay, you were, <laughs> you were impressed with yourself after that. After the fact, yes. All right, so we have a lot to get to. Heisman finalists announced. Baker Mayfield 
what a game Mayfield had last night. Good grief. And, wow. And here's the thing. Christmas Day, Broncos and Rams, Russell Wilson versus Baker Mayfield. <laughs> yeah. And this is going to be the Nickelodeon game, too, yeah. because we haven't suffered enough. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a game that deserves to have slime on it. I mean, it was one of those red-letter games, right? Start the season? Oh, yeah. We were all excited. Super it's Bowl like, champion Rams, hey, the Broncos. Su- you meant Super Bowl champion Rams, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, and Christmas Day, too. You've got Broncos and Nuggets, same day. Yeah. You're thinking, this is great. And awesome. Yeah. Maybe the Nuggets. Maybe uh, the Nuggets, maybe will, the Nuggets. Be, will save us. But. Nuggets are a good win against Portland last night. Uh, there is some uh, Post Malone in the thing. I found that. Thank you very so. much. We'll have that coming up. So we have a lot to get to today. Busy, busy, busy high school basketball night last night. We'll uh, dive into a lot of that. We have a busy day today on the team. We'll have um, Central undefeated to start the season. Mary Doan and the girls playing well, scoring off against uh, Carbon County, Utah. And um, the center for Carbon County, she's got to be like 6'4", 6'5". She's got 6'5". There was a 6'4 player last night. For Ponderosa, I was Aubrey say, Cook. Is is this the tournament that all the Valley teams just get the tall teams out of the way? Apparently, apparently so. But uh, take on Carbon County today. Uh, Buckeye boys going to have the call on that one. Rio will have it uh, pregame at two forty-five. You'll be back here once again. Appreciate that. Yep. Three o'clock tip for that one, and then we'll have Colorado Mesa basketball pregame right around four forty-five for that one. As the Maverick basketball teams play at UCCS tonight, so it's a very very busy afternoon and evening of uh, local basketball right here on the team sports network so uh, a lot to get to today so the heisman trophy finalists i want to bring this up there's a point of discussion today for the pile it's really kind of a it's a little bit of a free-for-all today whatever you want to talk about I mean, fridays are always kind of that way laissez-faire exactly it's a, it's a casual friday so your finalists are Caleb Williams, USC, no surprise. Ohio State, C.J. Stroud, no, no surprise. surprise. To start the season, if you would have said Max Duggan of TCU, people would have went, no. Huh? Qua? But Max Duggan is one of the Heisman finalists and George's Stinson Bennett, who I think gets, gets overlooked because of how good the defense is, the pieces around him. But Stinson Bennett's pretty darn good. Now, so see, those, those are your four finalists, by the way. It's funny you say that because driving around yesterday – listening to the team they had the zach gelb show talking about the heisman finalists and they had sort of an opposite take where they were saying that the only reason that he's in consideration for the heisman is because of how good the team around him is i don't agree with that and and i i kind of disagree too but i also get where they're coming from because you know yes it's an individual award but if you are the ostensibly the best player on your team and you play on a crappy team you're not going to get a lot of looks no but you look at his numbers this year 3425 yards 20 touchdowns six interceptions he makes plays when they have to win football games yeah i is he going to win the heisman no I, I don't and i don't think he should win the heisman should he be in that conversation yeah i, I really do you he's part of the reason george is number one it is a very symbiotic relationship. You know, you really can't have a number one team if you don't have a good quarterback. Exactly. And Stinson Bennett's been that guy. And do, do I think he wins it? No. 
I really think it's a two-horse race. It's C.J. Stroud and Caleb Williams. I think it's those two guys. Now, does the fact that both of those quarterbacks lost to their respective rivals in Michigan and Utah, respectively, does that kind of even it out? Or does one have an advantage because they ended up making it to the college football playoff and the other didn't? I I don't think it gets down. I mean, because they kind of cancel each other out, right? In a I way. Mean, I mean, Williams loses to Utah again, this time the Pac-12 title game. C.J. Stroud loses to Michigan. I think those two kind of cancel each other. Those factors cancel each other out. Now it gets down to, as far as you know, the those two quarterbacks, who do you feel like had the better season? I mean, Williams threw for 4,075 yards, three touchdowns. He only threw four picks, and he had a 372 on the ground and 10 touchdowns. One of them was against Colorado, though. Yeah, well, yeah. Not that it mattered in the end because USC still destroyed the Buffs. You know, Stroud, 3,340, 37 touchdowns, six picks. Duggan was going through the numbers here. Duggan, 3,321, 30 touchdowns, four interceptions. He also rushed for 404 and six touchdowns. And then Bennett, we we mentioned his numbers, 3,425, 20 touchdowns, six interceptions. He did run for seven touchdowns, too, to add to that. That's the other thing that's going to take, that's going to probably get considered is outside of just the normal pocket passing, did they yeah. Did they also contribute in other ways? I'm And I'm looking at this and I'm going to say it's Caleb Williams. I mean, you, you the year that he had, yeah, is hard to ignore. It's really hard to ignore. You know, NFL quarterbacks go through a 17 game regular season now and can in that time not necessarily easily, but more are more likely to throw for 4,000 yards. You talk about a college football schedule that's not nearly as long. To throw for 4,000 yards is really yeah. impressive. And and the touchdown interception ratio is off the charts. It's it's insane. And, and so part of the job of quarterback, being productive on third down, being productive in the red zone, don't turn the ball over. Caleb Williams, check, check, check on, on all those things. By the way, it's the first all-quarterback group of finalists since 2018. Do you, do you remember? Can you name name one? 2018? 2018. Name. I'm just gonna, I'll make it simple today. It's Friday. And you've had a lot on your plate. Name one of the guys. So, so, so 2018 was an all. There was three. There was three of them. Excuse me. There wasn't. There was three of them. There were three finalists for the quarterback for the for, for the, the Heisman. Heisman. They were all. They're they all quarterbacks. Name one of them. Uh Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray. Yes. Can you name the other two? One active NFL quarterback. Other one sadly no longer with us. Oh. Um, uh, oh. What's his? Na- I'm blanking on his name. Washington, Ohio State. Dwayne Haskins. Thank you. Was Dwayne Haskins one of them? That was Dwayne Haskins. Now, is the other one an active quarterback who played for Alabama? Correct. Oh, boy. Playing very well right now. Tua? Tua Tonga Viola. Those are your three guys. Last time that was all quarterbacks. Cool. So. That's that's probably all I'm going to get trivia-wise correct today. That's okay. That's okay. Um, So, get some thought. On the Heisman, who do you think will win? Thoughts on the Broncos, Chiefs? Can Denver keep it under nine? They're a nine-point dog. Can they keep it under nine points? 
as far as the margin that they're going to lose on Sunday? Uh, no. I say no. I, I, I think they keep it in that neighborhood. I think they make it close in that regard. I think I think they end I think they end up I think Chiefs end up covering I think they end up winning by probably like about, about 10 to 13 points. I, I think the Bronco defense will play with pride like they have. They'll keep it close. But it's not going to be like another one. It's going to be 10 to 9. It's like be something no. stupid like that. I so I'll say this. But I, I think I can keep them maybe under 25. A tall order. It's a lot. I know. I, I I think there's that possibility. My thought process is, in, in, in games past and, and past, and it's a relatively small sample size. You've had Patrick Mahomes look a little different. He 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 does seem to struggle a little bit against the Broncos, but he always manages to pull it out in the end. So I think. I think it's reasonable to say for the maybe the first three quarters, yeah, sure. Let's you know hold them to under ten, hold them under two scores. By the fourth, though, I think if the Broncos' offense doesn't produce, and I don't think they will, I think Patrick Mahomes in the fourth quarter is going to come through with maybe one or two more touchdown passes or scores, and then the the final score I think is going to be a wider margin than ten. I think for the first three quarters, you can keep it under 10, and then by the fourth, it's going to explode. Yeah, well, we'll see. We'll find out Sunday. Broncos and Chiefs pregame at noon, kickoff at 2.05 on the Team Sports Network. So let's uh, dive into it this morning with... What's happening? And uh, we'll start out with uh, WNBA star Brittany Griner back in the United States. Her plane arrived in Texas, and uh, the prisoner exchange occurred in the um, United Arab Emirates where uh, Brittany Griner was swapped for convicted Russian arms dealer Victor Bout. And and so Griner, back in the States, uh, the swap did not include Paul Wieland, who's been held since 2018. And uh, President Biden said there was not a choice of which American who was going to get to come home. The Russians dictated that to us, of who they were going to to have involved in this prisoner exchange, and that Russia's treating Wieland's case differently than Griner's. Part of that, too. Because he's accused of espionage where Griner had illegal, in their their view, illegal narcotics. Right. And so it's viewed as a a different crime. And so it was Griner for bout or nothing. And so for those that have been upset that Paul Whelan was not, that that the United States didn't get Whelan, and I understand Paul Whelan needs to come home. He does. It's unfair that he's, he's been there as long as he has, but the Russians dictated that those terms to us not the other way around what complicates that a little bit further is the fact that i, I saw the other day uh, that whelan has multiple citizenships yeah he is of course u.s canadian british and i think irish as well citizenship i, I could be wrong in that but i know he has at least two or three and at various points for as long as he's been in Russia, all four of those nations have at some point tried to negotiate for his release unsuccessfully. Right. Let's, let's hope he gets home soon. Yes. Because it's it's still unjust that he's there, but Bernie Griner is back in the States in that prisoner exchange. Four finalists of the Heisman Trophy announced uh, with uh, Caleb Williams, C.J. Stroud, Max Duggan, Stenson Bennett make up the field of contenders for uh, the Heisman Trophy 
this year. So uh, we'll talk more about that as the morning moves along. Also, last night you had Thursday night football where Baker Mayfield, who was just acquired by the Los Angeles Rams after he's cut by Carolina, came in Tuesday, did his did his thing Thursday. And Mayfield goes out and leads the Rams to a 17-16 come-from-behind win over the Las Vegas Raiders last night. He led the Rams on a 98-yard drive. Mayfield last night, 22-35, 230 yards, and a touchdown last night. As the Rams moved to 4-9, the Raiders, they had won three straight. They dropped to 5-8 and eight with the victory last night. Uh, the Rams uh, coming up with that victory. Jamal Murray's clutch three-pointer over former teammate Jeremy Grant gave the Nuggets a 121-120 win last night in Portland. Murray scored 21 points to help Denver snap its three-game losing streak. Denver big man Nikola Jokic scored 33 points and pulled down 10 rebounds in the victory. A little post Malone for you, Coach Michael Malone. On the Nuggets win over the Blazers, it was great to see you know Jamal kind of find his rhythm, uh, coming off of a game against Dallas where you know I think he was really frustrated with his offense, uh, not making shots the way he knows he's capable of making shots, and then um, you know I started him in that fourth quarter, and I was planning on taking him out to bring him back, but he starts once Jamal sees the ball go in, he doesn't he doesn't take many for him to catch fire, and uh, he ran the whole fourth quarter obviously. Um, 21 points, eight assists, only two turnovers, five rebounds, a complete basketball game. And um, obviously the last play, down two, get the ball to our best player. They do a pretty good job defending. And now it turns into, in my opinion, one of the best two-man combos in the NBA, Nicole and Jamal playing the game. Uh, And obviously Jamal with a game winner. Nuggets coach Michael Malone, Denver gets a win against Portland last night. With new Colorado football coach Deion Sanders in attendance, the Buffs men's basketball team rolled over in-state rival Colorado State 93-65 last night in Boulder. CU's K.J. Simpson exploded for 27 points as the Buffs moved to 5-5. Five five. The Rams were paced by Isaiah Stevens, 15 points as CSU slips to 6-4. and four. Former Central football standout Cole Taylor is leaving LSU. The 6'7", 250-pound tight end took to Twitter to announce he's leaving the Tigers and entering the transfer portal. Taylor tweeted he's loved his time at LSU, but he wants to go somewhere where he can be a bigger part of the offense. He has two years of eligibility left and didn't state where he plans on transferring. In high school, he made three official visits to the University of Colorado and might return to Colorado to play for new coach Deion Sanders. Taylor won't play in LSU's bowl game January 2nd. The Tigers slated to play in the Citrus Bowl. Olivia Campbell's 13 points led the Fruita Monument Wildcats to a home victory in the Wildcat Classic Thursday night. Fruita defeated Castleview 36-26. Campbell went to the free throw line three straight times, converting on all of them for six straight points. Wildcats head coach Jeff Johnson says the message of the team was finish. If you want to be a great team, you got to get stops. Because once you get stops with a little lead, they got to foul you. Now we're just finishing at the line. And at halftime, we said, hey, finish finish free throws, or uh, finish layups. And second half, we finished with the free throw line. Fruit improves to 3-1 and one on the season. Grand Junction girls fell to Ponderosa 53-24 the Wildcat Classic. Ponderosa in the first quarter went up 19 to nothing before Grand Junction ultimately found their comfort zone at the foul line. The second half shooting improved for Grand Junction, but Ponderosa never let the Tigers back in. Grand Junction head coach Sidney Brandon after the game said, there are reasons to celebrate. We're looking for that energy. Early on, we kind of get flustered. We did some good things later down the stretch. Um, against their zone, we started pass faking. Those are the things we're saying to do. So we have to celebrate when we start doing the right things. We have to celebrate those little things because that's what matters. Norea Sells led Grand Junction with a three-pointer. She had nine points. And uh, the schedule today out at the Warrior Challenge, 
or at the uh, Wildcat Challenge, excuse me, Wildcat Classic. I'm getting my tournaments mixed up. Wildcat Classic, Central against Carbon County, Utah, at 3 o'clock today. We'll have that game on the team, pregame at 2.45. And then Grand Junction has Basalt at 4.30. And then 7.30 tonight, Fruta gets Ponderosa. So that's your schedule tonight Thank at you. the Wildcat Classic. Thank you very little, Max Preps, for not having the right schedule. That's not a shocker. I've not been max. I've been max prep many, many times. It's not good. So, Kate, don't feel bad about that. Palisade girls basketball team fell to peak to peak, forty-five twenty-two in Thursday night's action at the Demon Invitational in Glenwood Springs. Adora Cameron scored eight points for the two and three Bulldogs. Montrose, they're now three and one with their fifty-two nineteen win over Coleridge. Grand Junction boys basketball, they defeated Far Northeast fifty-three forty-seven at the Ponderosa tournament. Also, Fruit of Monument boys. They crushed Timmouth at the Izzy Elite Tournament. The Wildcats are now 4-0. Central beat Golden 57-37. Palisade boys, they're 2-2 after picking up a 62-52 one for Mancos. And Montrose, the uh, Red Hawks, uh, defending Southwestern League champions, they're now 4-0. They beat Coleridge 61-48. District 51 girls wrestling team picked up a 66-9 win at North Fork Thursday night. District 51 Phoenix got pins from Sage Hoover, J.C. Stewart, and Brody Woodmancy. Miners second rank quarter, 45 pounder Casey Wolchick, uh, Walsick, excuse me, won her match with North Fork's Velma Bailey, winning by pin. And that's a look at what's happening. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk a little Delta Panthers girls basketball with Coach Kyle Crowder. That's coming up next on the Team Sports Network. I'm a big sports addict. I like sports. 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 This is the Jim Davis Show on the team. 101 FM, 1340 AM, Grand Junction. 102.1 FM, Delta Montrose. Just let me hear some of that rock and roll music. Welcome back, 725. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios. The most trusted name in automobiles. Trying to track down uh, Delta coach Kyle Crowder this morning. Coaching the Panther girls basketball team. Let's see. You got a text from Dylan this morning on the Chick-fil-A Breakfast Team phone line, 970-242-1340. Happy Friday. Fun to watch the Raiders choke last night. Caleb Williams wins the Heisman. Avalanche injury list is ridiculous. Hope they can win tonight against the Rangers. Broncos keep the game close on Sunday. I, I hope they do, Dylan. So do I. I hope they do. Hope they can can, can stay within striking distance, but uh, boy, it's going to be a tall order. And you just heard... In the Broncos report, I mean, Jiro Vero we'll talk about this offense a little bit. And I, I, it's the, you know, he hasn't faced them since 2018. So right. he hasn't had a lot of recent experience against them. But it is a an offense that is the, you know, the top offense in the league right now. And can the Broncos defense keep them in this game? I I just. I think the struggle, though, is that if the Broncos defense is able to keep them in the game. You know what's not going to keep the Broncos in the game? Their offense. And that's the frustrating part is you know this team is borderline Super Bowl caliper, and then the offense is just awful. Which which conversely impacts the defense because the offense can't go three and out, three and out, three and out. No, you can't. And and because that eventually gets to the defense. And and it's amazing that the defense has been as good as they've been considering how bad the offense has been. It's it's shocking to be quite honest that it that it's that this defense which you know you, you look at the numbers, I mean it's one of the top scoring defenses in the league that they've been able to to hang in the way they have. 
throughout the course of the season. And so, you know, the last time they met was week 17 of last year. Kansas City gets the 28-24 to win when Mahomes threw for 270 and a couple of touchdowns. And Drew Locke only, he only had 162 yards. He, he did score twice on the ground in that game, though. Melvin Gordon had 110 and a touchdown. Guess what? Neither one of those guys are on this team anymore. Nope. And so now, can the Broncos offense somehow, some way, find a way to, to try to at least put some drives together? At least give this, this defense some field position to work with. And I don't think there's a whole lot of confidence that that's going to happen coming up on Sunday. There's not. I just just don't see it. I mean, and for Denver, it gets it gets tougher with you know Cortland Sutton's going to be out with a hamstring injury. That that doesn't help this team offensively. You get the feeling that Cortland Sutton's always dealing with some sort of hamstring. Well, it seems like all the Broncos receivers are dealing with something, right? Uh, well, that's KJ Hamler, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton. We know Tim Patrick's done yeah. the year. Yes, you know, this Chiefs offense, it's the it's first in, in total offense, 423 a game against a Denver defense that's third in total defense, 304.6 yards per game. I just think when when you look at it, the Chiefs are going to make plays yeah. on the Broncos defense. It's going to happen. Somehow, some way. Can can Denver find a way to not get embarrassed in this one? But at least, hey. At least the the point spread in this one, not as bad as Cowboys and Texans. Oh God! Which is seventeen the last time I I looked at that one. So yeah, not good, not good at all. Not ideal. All right, so we were trying to track down Kyle Crowder this morning. So far, we've had uh, no luck with that. Uh, Delta Panthers girls coach, busy guy. So hopefully, maybe we'll find a way to to get him on sometime this hour i gave him our phone number so hopefully if he okay hopefully he decides to call in hopefully so Uh, how about the environment last night in boulder love it with with coach prime there man the buffs fans were revved up last night to see Dion's. which i i'll be honest i was shocked that he was there weren't you i thought he'd be on his way back to to jackson for the um uh, the celebration bowl right to get ready and that was what you know because we talked with mark johnson we asked mark did you get a chance to meet him he said well no because mark was out in washington covering the buffs basketball team right up against the huskies and so he did not get that opportunity to to meet him and so i mean the, the sense that i got was is that coach prime was you know heading back to jackson and getting ready for the celebration bowl as you mentioned and and um but, I mean, I mean he, he can fly private jets, so you know. uh, it's not uh, like he has to wait in line at TSA for like JetBlue or Spirit or something. Rocking the hoodie last night and everything. Deion Sanders is one of those guys that can even even a hoodie is he can still make like really stylish. He the guy he, can pull it off. He has that aura about him. So we go uh, to Mike in Scottsdale this morning. Good morning, Mike. Yeah, it's, it's Mike is the guy that mentioned Apache years ago. Mike is the guy that's the reason this is Apache Friday. Oh, yeah. Because of this song. That just has to put you in a good mood. Lifts you up. Happy Apache Friday, muchachos. I ordered my Coach Prime shirt from the CU bookstore last night. Boulder is electric right now. I hope that Benedict Roth could see through his tears as he made the 
49-mile drive home to the farm in his 1985 Plymouth Reliant. Wow. Or whatever pool car he got stuck with. Also, what a collapse by Little Hoodie and the Raiders last night. Good night last night. Yeah. For uh, Mike from Scottsdale. Very cathartic. And, and for me as well. With you know, not that I, I like the Rams too. I'm I don't really side with one over the other. Right. They're like my two kids, kind of. You know, don't pick one over the other necessarily. Right. But it was good to see uh, McDaniel's and the Raiders lose last night. And, of and, all people, Baker Mayfield, who got there Tuesday. Maybe this is a question we can pose next hour since I, I imagine we'll have some Baker Mayfield sound next hour. But well, you will. We'll be using that word. But the, saving uh, that. The, the question maybe to pose is, assuming Matthew Stafford, because he is you know getting up there in years and maybe is towards the end of his career, he does have a Super Bowl win. If Matthew Stafford ultimately decides to retire in the next year or two, is Baker Mayfield the long-term solution for the Rams, and does a guy like Sean McVay sort of fix Baker Mayfield's career? I just think it's so interesting that you know, after Mayfield got benched in Carolina, got you know shown the door in Cleveland when they got Deshaun Watson, that, I mean, the, the talk about him was, is no, after he got released by the Panthers, is he done? Washed up. Is he washed up and done? I mean, teams will still bring him in to be a backup, but is he done? And most people were kind of the, the, the national consensus was his days as a starting quarterback are over. And now with what if, he did last night. very small number. Yeah, and, and last night what he did, now it's like, hey, wait a minute. Like you're saying, could he be the replacement for Matthew Stafford in the next season or two? Because Stafford's injuries are starting to mount up here. Is Mayfield now in the right place, the right moment with the Rams? But then again, how long will Sean McVay be there? To, right. to be part of the development of, of Baker Mayfield back to being a, a starting quarterback because there's you know, McVay, it seems like every year it's uncertain whether he's going to continue coaching. And so it, it'll, it's going to be an interesting story, but who would have thought that both the Broncos and the Rams, when that Christmas Day game comes up, Jake, on Nickelodeon, the both, the both teams were going to be awful. Less than, less than 10 wins combined. And that Baker Mayfield would be starting for the Rams. Who would have thought of those? And that neither team is going to be a playoff team. I just, none of us would have thought that. And that things would have gone as badly as they've gone for Russell Wilson. Having the worst season of his career. Yeah. And just, it's not even close. Yeah. Just the, the storylines are interesting of things we would have never thought would have been the case. And if you did say those things, you'd be labeled a crazy yeah, person. You're, you're, you're cynical. And no, you don't know what you're talking about. Defending Super Bowl champions. Broncos got what they need. They got they got their quarterback. They, they were, got their head coach. They were a quarterback away with the roster of talent they had. Yeah. Now they got, you know. Rams defense is too good. You got Cooper Cup, Stafford. They may not win the Super Bowl again, but that's going to be a playoff team. It's, it's a weak division. Yeah, what's what's wrong with you to think either, you know, either one of those teams would not be a playoff team. Well, welcome to 2022. Here we are. Here we are. All right, 735. And uh, coming up, we'll take a look back at uh, a busy night in high school basketball last night, bringing some sound from both uh, Jeff Johnson winning his first game on his home floor last night.
as Wildcats head coach. A lot of emotion, too, from yeah. uh, Coach Johnson on that. Yeah, so we'll have that coming up also. Uh, all the way Sydney Brandon and Kelsey Siemens and, and that staff is approaching things. They have to approach it that way. I it, love that she's coaching with Kelsey Siemens. Yeah, it's it's cool to see the former teammates there coaching together at, at Grand Junction High School. So we'll have some of that coming up for you in just a few minutes. But uh, right now, it's time for sound check. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. All right, what do you have, Cake? All right, in the pantheon of great Al Michaels calls, last night's might not stand out when compared to, you know, do you believe in miracles? Yes. And he did what? But... On the game-winning Rams touchdown last night on Thursday night on Amazon Prime, what makes those other two calls great and what I think makes this one pretty good, he phrases it in the form of a question as kind of a reflection of what we, the audience, are also feeling at the time. Second and 10, Mayfield to the end zone to Jefferson. Is that possible? Touchdown. Is that possible? Uh, He's asking, and we're and, and we're look, all thinking the same thing. Is that possible? And, and again, it's not a "Do you believe in miracles?" But that's also a question. He did what? That's a question. Al Michaels being able to phrase a question of a play that just happened as what? a while he's calling it while he's calling it as a reflection of how the rest of us are feeling is masterclass. In my opinion, that's why he's one of the one of the best, one of the elite. That's why Amazon paid that much money. Exactly. That's why he's still really, really, really good. All right, seven thirty-seven. We'll take a break. We'll come back. More of your text prediction on the Heisman Trophy. Can the Broncos stay within striking distance on Sunday? Almost seems inevitable they're going to drop their fourteen straight, probably to the Chiefs. But got some thoughts on that today. Text or call us 970-242-1340. And also, how cool would it be if Cole Taylor comes back to Colorado and plays for the Buffaloes? I love it. It would be cool if that happens. Is so, his shoe coming with him? I would assume so. assume the cleats would be, yeah, would be coming with him. The one that got <laughs> chucked at him by the, by the Gators? Yeah, that's for Cole, it's like, that's the thing people remember the most about me right now? No, I don't want that to be the case. And see if he comes to Colorado and plays for Deion Sanders and, you know, uh, his son finds him a reliable target. Hopefully that will kind of wipe the uh, the stench away from that. Yeah, which that, wasn't his fault. He was no. just on the receiving end of it from It's like, from what are Florida. you doing? All right, 738. We'll take a break. We'll come back with more on the Jim Davis Show on the Team Sports Network. Yeah, I think they're like the best on the radio. At least at the pro level, the best of the best. The Jim Davis Show on Colorado's sports leader, the team. Welcome back, 742. Jim along with Cake today from the Bozarth Miller Chevrolet Buick Studios, the most trusted name in automobiles. And a busy night in high school basketball last night all across the Western Slope and over to the Front Range as well. We'll start things out with the Wildcat Classic out at Fruto Monument. And, and last night, uh, the host Wildcats, 
They get the victory over Castleview, 36-26 last night. Uh, Olivia Campbell had an outstanding year as a freshman last year. As a sophomore, she has picked up where she left off last year. 13 points last night to lead uh, Fruita to the victory over Castleview. Wildcats are now 3-1 and one on the season. After the game, uh, Jeff Johns, of course, in his first year as the head coach at, at Fruita Monument, replacing uh, Michael Wells. And uh, it was the first victory for Jeff Johnson on his home floor last night. And uh, Ethan Jordan had the chance to talk with the Wildcats coach after the win last night. A very important win for him, his first on his home floor. First one in this building for you, how'd it feel? Oh, man, um, it, it feels great. Uh, the girls did a great job of hitting free throws down the line. I think we hit eight in a row to end the game. Um, and, and that's what do you just gotta make the little plays um we struggled finishing around the rim tonight but uh we dug in deep and i I think this will help us as we go down the road and when we're in a tough game that we know we could knock down free throws and extend the game how did you feel your team's defensive effort improved from the first half to the second half you mentioned the free throws offensively allowing you to take that big lead at the end but how about the defense from your team down the stretch we kept begging them hey if you want to be a great team, you got to get stops. Because um, once you get stops with a little lead, they got to foul you. Now we're just finishing at the line. Um, and at halftime, we said, hey, finish finish free throws, or uh, finish layups. And second half, we finished with the free throw line. Yeah, Olivia Campbell, the big dagger three. Looking back now, that was a big three for her. Big and then three. huge at the line for you guys at the end. You mentioned earlier in the week how her leadership has improved this year could kind of see it tonight in the way she was working with Campbell Brammer. Another big game, and a big game for Brammer as well in the first half with eight points. How is the relationship between Campbell, who is a leader but is just a sophomore, and your freshman on varsity? Um, I, I think it really starts with our seniors. Uh, uh, Trinity and Savannah, they're, they're talking, and they're, they're not – it's not just the varsity they're helping out. They're helping everybody from the JV level, freshman level. Because um, we went to the freshman game the other night, and – they were on the bench cheering them on, telling, giving them little cues that you only get from playing varsity for two, three years. Uh, and so they're invested not only in themselves, but the program overall. All right, you got a couple more coming up here in this Wildcat Classic. What are you taking away from tonight to go into those next couple ball games? Um, Man, well, let's first enjoy the win. Um, and I'll tell the girls, hey, as soon as we take a shower, it's a new day. Uh, and then... Uh, it, We'll look at film, see what we did well, uh, make sure uh, we know what uh, what we got to do tomorrow to get another win. Um, cause we want to protect our house. This is our house, and we want to protect it. All right, so that's uh, Jeff Johnson, New Fruit of Monument girls coach. They're off to a 3-1 and one start. We'll talk more about the Wildcat Classic and also uh, some of the other high school basketball girls and boys action from last night. But right now, time to talk a little Delta Panthers girls basketball with Kyle Crowder. Get in the huddle with Delta Panthers basketball on the team. All right, last year, Delta Panthers girls basketball team made a deep run in the postseason. And uh, with us right now, head coach of the Panther girls are off to a one and two start. Kyle Crowder joins us. Kyle, I appreciate the time. Thanks for coming on this morning. Yeah, thanks for having us again today. Well, always good to talk with you. And as I mentioned, uh, your your team off to a, a one and two start this season. Uh, and now the the four A Western Slope League. It's you know the, the classification, you know number changes, but uh, really the, a lot of the opponents stay the same for your basketball team. But uh, like I said, after that one and two start, after that uh, that deep run in three A last year, you know a, a team that has a lot of experience from what you've been able to to do in the, in the postseason the last couple of years. 
Yeah, for sure. You know, uh, coming out being one and two, I don't think is necessarily a bad thing. Um, you know, we said from the beginning that we were going to be a different team, you know, losing Erica and, and Kaylin. And um, so we knew that we were going to have to, you know, try to try to get ourselves in, in a better place um, by the end of the season. And I think this weekend, um, this past weekend was good for that. You know, we played some pretty good teams. I felt like that, uh, you know, our team chemistry, it, it's really hard to see where you're at until you get on the floor against somebody else. So having those opportunities, I think, definitely made us better. And, um, you know, that that uh, that Rocky Mountain team, really physical, really athletic, uh, strong, you know, experienced kids. I think playing a team like that that just presses the heck out of you for the whole entire game, I think, you know, being able to handle pressure from them helps us. Um, you know, and, and then just getting a, a few more minutes, some of those younger girls that didn't play quite as many minutes last year, getting them in the mix, I felt like uh, it was a really good weekend for us to, you know, move forward. Delta Panthers girls coach Kyle Crowder with us on the team and our conversation with Kyle Crowder brought to, you by, brought to you by the Rick Nelson Agency and American Family Insurance. For a free comparison, call this team of licensed professionals at 970-241-0078. Tatum Miller, junior this year for us. She's been your leading scorer through the first uh, three games, 12 points per game, and Taylor Summers, uh, sophomore, averaging 10 points per game. Those two have, have uh, kind of stepped up, uh, Kyle, in terms of leading your team on the offensive end. Yeah, for sure. And we knew that coming in. I mean, they're both very gifted offensively, um, you know, but they're, they're both also very good athletes and they, and they can stretch the floor and play defense as well. Um, but, you know, right now we're still trying to figure out where all the shots are going to come from every game, you know, trying to replace the kids that we lost from last year. I mean, that, that makes everything look a little bit different. But really pleased with the effort that we've had from those two. You know, Tatum's just got speed that she can kind of take over a game. Um, you know, on the offensive end and defensively, she can just stretch girls out and, and pressure them as much as we need her to. And uh, Taylor's just got a knack for getting into the lane and being able to finish shots, and she's a great shooter from the outside. But, uh, you know, they're, they're just a couple of the weapons that we have. We definitely have quite a few more kids that can, can put points on the board if we're going to need them. Who's the player kind of counting on to, to be – you know the, that 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 the person that uh, gets everybody in the right place in offensive sets. That's your floor general for you. That's kind of that that stabilizing force. Who is that for you this season? You know, we we haven't really figured that out. I, I definitely feel in my mind that Ellie Ames has the ability to be that girl. Um, she's in in eight years of doing this. She's the best shooter we've ever had in this program. Um, we got to find ways to get her some more shots. Um, but she does have the experience, and the kids definitely look to her. So she's. She's kind of our leader, um, so she, she does a really good job, and, and we've really talked about it lately, having her being on the floor, making sure people are where they need to be. And then, then you know, from there, we've got so many kids that, that can do so many things. Um, it's, it's just kind of fun to sit back and watch who, who's going to take it each time and, and see how it's going to turn out. And then you have, of course, Fruit of Monument coming up at the Palisade Tournament uh, on Thursday. And a team that you faced a couple times uh, last year. You've had some some good battles with the Wildcats. It's no longer Michael Wells there, but now uh, Jeff Johnson. But the beat goes on. They're off to a three and one start. They are, you know, and and they're going to be a very good team every single year. They're just loaded with athletes and and they have a lot of pride. So um, we're definitely going to have to come ready to go. It's kind of nice that we don't have anything this week, so we've had a time to get in and and work on some stuff. And and you know, hopefully, we're going to be prepared for that game next week. And we should mention, by the way, after the first of the year, over on our sister station, the Monkey, like we had with uh, Delta and Montrose football, we'll have our Highway 50 game of the week. And, uh, of course, in, in Delta, 97.1, and Montrose, 93.5, we'll have uh, Delta and Montrose basketball. 
We'll have our games of the week coming up with our Highway 50 game of the week over on the Monkey. Kyle, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for hopping on for a few minutes this morning. Yep, yep. I sure appreciate you guys covering us. It's going to be another exciting year for the Panthers. And looking forward to talking to you uh, with you as you go go throughout the regular season into the postseason. Appreciate the time, sir. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Kyle Crowder, coach of the Delta Panthers girls basketball team. Like I said, they made a, a deep run once again in the postseason last year. Now to get back to somewhere where we were talking about the Wildcat Classic, you also had Grand Junction playing last night. Tigers fell to Ponderosa 53-24. Ponderosa jumped out to a 19 to nothing lead before um, it was a free throw by Riley Applegate with about 24 seconds left in the first quarter. That's when the Tigers finally got on the scoreboard. And then Grand Junction went on a little, little 6-0 run to you know, play a little better basketball in the second half in particular. Uh, they, uh, Nerea Sills hit a three-pointer. She had nine points last night for Grand Junction, but it's a learning process for the Tigers, who were a 1-22 team last year uh, with just the, that one victory on the season. And uh, the second half, like I said, got better for the Tigers last night, but uh, Ponderosa led by as many as 26 on, on several different occasions last night. After the game, had the chance to talk with Tigers head coach Sidney Brandon about uh, the loss last night to Ponderosa. Sydney, I appreciate you coming over for a moment. It's it's about little victories, right? Isn't I mean that's kind of what this is all about. And I love the way you and your coaching staff. Anytime you guys make a good play, there, there's a lot of enthusiasm. And that's the kind of thing you're gonna have to build upon. Mm-hmm. I thought your team, you know, had a struggle against their press early on, yeah. obviously, but you found a way to put a little 6-0 run together, and you, and you had some things to build on there in the first half after you're down 19 to nothing early. Mm-hmm. We're looking for that energy, um, you know. Early on. We kind of get flustered, and then you see the – well, I don't even remember what it was, to be honest <laughs> with you. But we had – our goal was coming in, we have to limit to three turnovers because we had 30 in the last game. We probably had 30 again tonight. But to three a quarter, we didn't execute the game plan, but that's all right. We did some good things later down the stretch. Um, against their zone, we started pass faking. Those are the things we're saying to do. So we have to celebrate. When we start doing the right things, we have to celebrate those little things because that's what matters. You know, I, I thought Norea Sills played really well for you tonight. She hit your only three. She was your leading scorer. She had nine points tonight, did some good things out there on the offensive end. Mm-hmm. I, <laughs> every time I talk about Norea, I have no words. I'm speechless because I just love the kid so much. As um, soon as her confidence goes up in any game, she's going to knock it down. I had 100% confidence when she shot that three. I, I already knew it was going to splash. So, love the kid. I know for your basketball team was tough. They had some size. The Cook kid, 6'4". I mean, Lane's a, a strong post player. I mean, it was a, a real challenge, I mean, for Riley Applegate in particular, mm-hmm. your, your biggest post player. But I mm-hmm. uh, thought Riley battled tonight. She got in there and fought, and that's all we asked of her. We're like, we know we are outsized down there, but we're not going to get outfought down low. And she did. She fouled out, but, you know, that's what we asked her to do, go in and be aggressive. Foul out. <laughs> right. It is what it is. And, and you know, I think, like I said, I think your your kids are learning. They're having fun. You're, you're you've been you know you're you know your, your coaches on the bench and the players on the bench are real super positive and you know those are the kind of things you have to when it's a, a young team in particular yeah. learning. And it's you know last year was a rough year. This is the kind of kind of approach you have to take to this yeah. whole thing. You have to you have to celebrate the little things, and I'm I'm very proud of them. 
erase the first quarter, and I'm sleeping good tonight. All right, well, forget about that first quarter. <laughs> forget <laughs> about it. It's gone. About it. It's gone forever. All right, there's Sydney Brandy, Grand Junction girls basketball coach. They're off to an 0-4 start. Palisade girls basketball team fell to peak-to-peak, 45-22, and Thursday night's action at the Demon Invitation on Glenwood Springs. Adora Cameron scored eight points for the 2-3 and three Bulldogs. Montrose, they're now 3-1. and one. They knocked off Coleridge, 52 to 19 Grand Junction boys basketball team they defeated far northeast 53-47 the Ponderosa tournament in Parker the Tigers Jake Stanfield scored 11 points with Will Applegate adding nine Tigers are now two and two for the Monmouth boys basketball team they Christ Timoth 81 to 25 at the Izzy Elite tournament the Wildcats are now 4-0 Central's also 4-0 they defeated Golden 57-37 last night defending Southwest League champion Montrose boys they moved to 4-0 they beat Coleridge 61 to 48 Palisade boys basketball team. They're now two and two. They picked up a win over Mancos, 62 to 52. So wrap up of all the area basketball action from last night. Like we said, a busy night and we'll have more high school basketball today from the Wildcat classic as fruit of monument at a fruit of monument as central takes on carbon County, Utah. Rio will have that game today. Pre-game at two forty-five. tip off at three o'clock. And then it'll be followed by Colorado Mesa basketball against UCCS with pregame right around 445 for that one. All right, we will take a break. We'll come back with hour two, latest on the Broncos. Also, Baker Mayfield engineering a big upset win over the Raiders last night. That's coming up on the Team Sports Network.